0: Well, good evening everyone, um, that note on the screen is as much for the benefit of anybody at home. This first part of the service isn't being broadcast online. I want to do something unusual uh, tonight. I want to take time to address the uh, issue that we've been faced over this weekend and speak at length about it. Um, the session met this afternoon and uh, we have been much in discussion and uh, thinking individually and corporately over the course of this weekend and we've revised what we said this morning. Our plan is that next week we will have a drive-in service and the week after. I'm going to explain more about the reasons uh, for that in a moment but briefly just to sum up at the start they are permitted uh, under law next week. Part of our thinking is that um, well the key part is that it's not only permitted but it is public worship still and it's united um, which the direction we were going would have split us and one congregation and three uh two or three different uh, not places but sets of people um it's not ideal but if our forefathers were uh, not happy but willing to worship in uh, conventicles when they weren't able to be in buildings, two weeks of a car venticle will not be uh, the end of us, I trust. The technical details are still to be resolved, so don't ask ask me anything about that. Uh, Please, that's this week's problem. I had, we had as a session prepared a statement of explanation to explain our thinking and some of the issues around the message and the position that we took this morning. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give that now. Obviously, that has, was prepared with a slightly different situation in mind and a different position. But I want to take time tonight to explain why we as a session were and are so close to the point where we feel that civil disobedience, uh, disobeying the government, is appropriate in this situation. I, I want to explain that um, We need to understand these issues. These are, uh, in some ways, complex issues. We live, and we live in an era where complex issues are reduced to Twitter uh, sound bites. And an online debate, there's no uh, room for nuance that is important in building uh, arguments. And importantly, we will, I believe, be revisiting this issue in the weeks and months ahead. Um, I speak in a personal capacity at this point, and it's my own thought, but I do believe that in January we will be back to something like this as the uh, government and the nation tries to pay off the Christmas uh, credit card. So I believe we will be addressing these issues again, confronted with similar decisions, and I want us to be prepared as a congregation to have thought through this, uh, for you to be aware of what's happening in the background and the issues that we have elders, as elders have wrestled with and uh, sought to address over the last uh, whatever it is, since uh, Thursday night. Um, so I'm going to speak at, at length, and bear in mind, much of what I've prepared is speaking to the position we were in this morning, but I'm going to give it largely as it was prepared so that you can understand where we were coming from, where in some ways, in a lot of ways, we still are, and the issues that we will be revisiting, uh, I believe, in a few months' time. So you can appreciate that the news from the executive on Thursday confronts us with difficult issues and decisions. The government's guidance states that from Friday the 27th of November, uh, for the next two Lord's Days, quote, places of worship must close except for funerals and weddings, which are limited to 25 people, or to broadcast an act of worship. In a meeting with faith leaders on Friday, uh, Junior Minister Gordon Lyons added, uh, Preachers along with a small team of helpers are still allowed to live stream or pre-record a service of worship from their buildings on the Lord's Day or at any other time during the week. Drive-in services are also permitted. I want to say that since July, uh, when we first came out, June maybe, uh, we first began to come out of lockdown, the executive have engaged well with churches and much better than uh, most of the other home nations. They've listened to concerns, they've given given us leeway, not afforded, to other groups and they've kept us informed of developments. But Thursday's news came out of the blue Uh, Gordon Lyons confirmed in that meeting with faith leaders, and it's wider than just Christian churches, uh, but he confirmed what's been reported in the media that the situation for the executive had changed rapidly in the last few days as evidence came in of the massive strain being put on our hospitals. The test and trace system also provided evidence of an increase in outbreaks due to public worship. So that's where the government uh, are coming from and that's what they've communicated to churches. This guidance, uh, we believe, will be made into law this week. So from next week, for two weeks, churches will be prohibited by law uh, from opening for worship. This, of course, raises several issues, and I want to take time to uh, just walk through them so that we, we know the issues that we're dealing with here. First of all, we have to acknowledge that this is not persecution. We are not being prevented from meeting because of our faith. This is a public health measure designed to save lives and protect the weak and vulnerable. It's not simply about uh, limiting the damage done directly by COVID-19, it's also about preventing the health service being overwhelmed and all the consequences that would come from that. And some Christians have been too quick to see a persecuting hand here from the government. So we must acknowledge that this is not persecution. That being said, while it's not an act of persecution, there is and this is often overlooked, I think, there is an implicit statement of value. The fact that schools are allowed to remain open and elite sports continue, allowed to continue, and I believe garden centres uh, allowed to remain open, that shows that the government values education and entertainment. Above public worship. This is not a surprise, but it's not right either. It's not right. We too, as Christians, value education. Public education, such as we have, has its roots in our Christian heritage. It's our idea. But as important as public, as important as education is, the duty to worship God is the primary duty placed upon all mankind. It's not simply the duty of believers. Psalm 100, all people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with joyful tuneful voice. How does our catechism express it? What is man's primary purpose, mankind's primary purpose? It is to glorify God and enjoy him forever the primary means of worshipping God, there are many ways to worship God, but the primary means is in the Lord's day, in the physical gathering of his people. The New Testament commands us not to neglect meeting together. Hebrews ten twenty five. Now that's not an absolute command. There are times when the church can and should and has historically temporarily suspended public worship as we did in March. We took that decision at the request of the government in response to a danger that we knew very little about. And we see something of that principle in the Bible in the time of the return from the exile, when you're dealing with the actions of Ezra and Nehemiah, when the rebuilders of the temple and the rebuilders of the city walls, at the very least... uh, gave some uh, due recognition to the state, the Persian authorities at the time. So something of that principle demonstrated there, and that would take time to to work out more fully. We are now in a different situation. The elders are uncomfortable with the government stopping public worship while schools and elite sports continue especially since the church is permitted to open for weddings funerals or for broadcasting the lord's day with people attend attending to help the broadcast so the situation is different from march we are commanded to obey the government romans 13:1 and elsewhere but it's not an absolute command either when the law of the government contradicts God's law, we, as the apostles say in Acts five twenty nine, obey God rather than man. If the government asks us to do something contrary to the commands of God, we obey God rather than man. By requiring churches to stop worshiping publicly, while schools and garden centers remain open, and elite sport continues, the government has overstepped the boundaries of its God-given authority. We are indeed commanded to care for others by taking, as again our catechism says, all steps to preserve our own lives and the lives of others. And in fact, society's desire to look after the welfare of other people comes from our Christian heritage as a nation. It arises from our Christian foundation. It's our principle. But if I could put it simply, the first commandment to have no other gods and the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day come before the sixth commandment. Public worship is primary. And the important point is that we don't necessarily see public worship to be in conflict with the duty that we have to protect lives and the vulnerable. We don't see a conflict between the first and the sixth Commandments here. It's not a choice of one or the other. We believe we can currently worship God and fulfill our duty of care to others. We believe that the measures we've put in place here significantly reduce the risk of transmission. The primary duty placed upon us is to worship God and as helpful as online worship has been it is not enough unless there is a good reason for it. As we said a moment ago, while schools and elite sports continue, the elders have been uncomfortable with stopping public worship. A comment from Philip Dunwoody, who was at that meeting with the uh, junior minister on Friday, was revealing, I think. He noted that to surprise and disappointment, there was no recognition that the church is in a different category from retail and sports. And again, I say in some ways that doesn't surprise us, but it doesn't make it right or excusable. It is wrong. Now, in everything I've said, and this is a crucial factor in the decision that the elders have come to now, uh, it is significant that this is only two weeks. And we feel we can comply in the short term without compromising public worship un, uh, unduly. As I said, the drive-in option gives us worship that is corporate, united and public. But as I also said earlier, it's easy to see this measure repeated after Christmas to recover from a Christmas driven spike. And then uh, arguably easy to see it uh, extended as we wait for the vaccine to, to come and that's important because we need to be clear if we're saying well we can comply for two weeks now we need to be sure that in a month's time six weeks time whatever that there are grounds that the government cannot turn around and say to us well, you comply then what's different now that's an important consideration and yet, to, to, to take all that, and this is a really important point and why I want to address it, I've much of what I have said there has been written uh, to explain the stance that we uh, put out this morning. But we, as a session, are united in appreciating that this is not a crystal clear black and white issue. It's an area where we believe it is legitimate for us to have a range of views And possible for everyone to hold a range of views with a clear conscience before God. If you were to ask any of the four elders their personal, private view, you'll get a range of answers. Though we are united in the stance that we have come to. That's been the difficulty. It's not that we don't know what we want to do. The four of us do know what we want to do. But nobody's the bishop. And we've got to in the best sense compromise because that is how the church is ruled and we've got to do, got to take and draw the wisdom of the four of us that God has given and come to uh, an agreed position and that's where we are. You ask any of the elders for their personal view you'll get four different takes. Ask any of the ministers in our denomination you'll get different takes as well. There will be different views within this congregation and within the wider church with opposite views held by sincere clear, conscienced, Christ-loving believers. This is not a simple black and white issue. And I would humbly suggest if you think it is, you don't fully grasp all the issues at stake. And I've tried to set out some of the different conflicting issues that need weighed up. Some of you might like more leadership. The change in our position uh, from this morning to this evening might seem like we don't know what to do. As I said, the difficulty is that we know exactly what we want to do as individuals and there's no bishop. But that's not a problem actually. That's something to be grateful for. That's a God-given safety mechanism. You're protected from the wild rampages that my imagination could go on by these three other men. It's a safety mechanism. It's a good thing. I wanna mention this just because it gives some clarity, though it might, it's not really, there's no easy place to put it in this uh, in this uh, address. There's some outrage that, that off licenses are permitted to stay open. The reason for that, as explained by the government, is that there's a fear that closing off licenses would lead to increased footfall at supermarkets, leading them to have to be shut as well. You might disagree with the logic, but it's not as outrageous as it first appears that they're closing churches, but are not allowing uh, off-licences to stay open so we can get booze but not worship. It's not as simple as that. Our plan was that next Lord's Day, I'd be preaching from the church at 11.30 and 7, and the service would be broadcast on Twitch as usual. We initially turned away from... The drive-in option because, um, which is permitted, and in some ways the easiest, we were not set up to do it uh, with the technology in winter. We didn't feel the two-week timescale made it practical or feasible. We've reconsidered that, and perhaps we were too hasty in dismissing it, and we think that it's worth, uh, for these two weeks, uh, going to this, because it is public worship, and it is united. We were saying that next Lord's Day some people will, would have in good conscience want to attend worship and that they wouldn't be stopped. Some would be cautious about the risk of transmission or of a conscience about attending when the government forbids it. For these reasons we would have encouraged you to carefully and prayerfully follow your conscience and join us online from home. We have been saying to others with increased vulnerability that you should carefully and prayerfully consider the government's advice to stay at home. We wouldn't have been expecting any individual to attend. Some of the elders themselves would have been worshipping from home but we would have been hosting public worship over the next two weeks with the understanding that there are legitimate reasons for people to join from home. In all this our witness is important. Had we been going ahead, it would have been important for us to demonstrate to the world that uh, we understand their concerns, that worship is not merely a superior hobby to theirs, in our view. We would need to demonstrate that our concern is the welfare of people and that their welfare is best served when they can worship God safely. Matthew 6, 26 has weighed on my mind this weekend. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? What will it gain anyone to save their life but forfeit their soul? So that's what would have been said. To to finish, to conclude, why have we opted for the drive-in option? Well, as I said... Perhaps we dismissed it too hastily on Friday. What has been clear is that the men's thinking, my own included, has developed over the course of the weekend. And I make only a little apology for that because this is a huge issue and it's been jumped upon us with a little warning. So yes, our thinking has changed. Why a drive-in? Because it's public worship. Secondly, it enables us to be together as one flock. Thirdly, it's permitted. Fourthly, it's a short-term, two-week solution. It may raise issues in the future, but we will approach those again as elders. And as I said, if conventicles were okay for our forefathers, we can cope with a two-week Carventical. I hope that this explanation answers some of the questions. I doubt it will answer all, but hopefully it gives some insight into the complexity of some of the issues here. And I can testify to how the men have, your your elders have wrestled with this, and. I would ask you to think highly of them. These have not been easy decisions. And I'll say more about what our attitude should be as elders and as members of the flock later on. But let's stand to pray together. Father in heaven, we we hardly know what to do. We delight in you, and in your mercy you have called us out to be your worshippers. This is our primary duty, and the public worship of God on the Lord's Day is not to be forsaken or neglected. And yet we feel deeply too our need to be concerned for the welfare and the physical welfare of our fellow man and our society, we feel the burden too of obeying the uh, authorities that you have placed over us and yet that raises issues because our first allegiance is to you and they err and they do things that are not necessarily persecuting but are still wrong and come from the basis of their immoral and wicked hearts and the fact that they do not acknowledge Christ as King as they should. But put all this together and we find this difficult You've spoken in your word, but our difficulty is that we do not fully understand how it should apply to every situation. We pray for ongoing wisdom. The things that we've spoken about, the decisions that we have made, we make them humbly with a clear conscience. We make them sincerely and earnestly in your sight. And if they are wrong, forgive us and correct us. If they are right, confirm that to us to encourage us. In all this, we pray that the glory of Christ would be seen and that your people in this congregation and in the congregations of our denomination and in all the flocks of God and this island, that they would show the supreme worth of the Lord Jesus and that all people that on earth to dwell, or to sing to him and praise and worship. What does it profit to save your life, yet lose your soul? Help us to speak to this situation that we are in. Help us as a congregation to be humble in our attitude towards one another, to be peaceable, to be prayerful, to hold out love and patience and forbearance. Help us to consider others better than ourselves. Keep Satan from us. Guard our unity. And Lord, we ask that this would be two weeks. We ask that you would give the government a change of heart that they would value public worship. We ask that you would remove this virus from us. We ask that uh, we would not be hindered from worshiping publicly again show us mercy Lord and yet we trust your sovereign purposes in all this if you are judging your church show us our sin Lord help us to endure the loving discipline of a father if that's what this is give us patience and may your church hear what you are saying to us and may we witness faithfully and courageously in the midst of this we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.